Hey everybody, how y'all doing today? Um, I have not been live. It's actually been, let's see, when was the last time I was live? It's been a little bit. So July 17th, so like 13 days. Um, you know, been a little while. Um, but there were some things I wanted to talk about today. So welcome everybody. And uh, there's actually a bunch of stuff I want to talk about because there's a lot of stuff happening right now. Um, that I want to get into. So let's begin. So first of all, so tons of stuff happening with my kids in schools recently. So first of all, the school districts gave us a choice. And basically what they told us was that our kids could, oh, my cat is literally jumping on me right now. Um, they basically told us that our kids could go to school virtually half the time and then at home one week and virtually two weeks. And then they basically switched it to now our kids can only be virtual. Um, so it's causing a lot of uproar. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I find it very fascinating that we're in this dilemma of schools right now. Um, because of the way society has set itself up, it's very fascinating. So let me talk a little bit about that. So schools are designed to educate children, right? To educate people. But we've gotten to this point in our society where we basically have created this dynamic where schools are babysitting children. I mean, they're still teaching and everything, but parents have this expectation that school, their children will be in school from 8 to you know 4 p.m. or whatever like that um, daily. And what's happened is we've created this system where it's okay to have two working adults in a household um, or a single parent in a household. And we've created this system where the school will be taking care of them during this time so that we can work and, you know, buy whatever we need to buy and pay for and stuff. And we've created a system that has set itself up like that. And coronavirus has basically thrown that whole entire system into disarray because now we're not sure what we're supposed to do. Like, what is a single parent supposed to do right now who has to keep their kid home? Do they need to have them go to a camp? so the parent can work? I mean, what's going to happen? We don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And the re reason I say that it's fascinating and interesting and, and it's terrible at the same time is we are going to change. The system is going to change right now because we cannot maintain what we were doing prior to coronavirus. So it's really interesting. And if any of you have ever, ever studied systems theory before, you know, systems are ever-changing, interconnected, things are related. When something throws a big wrench into the system, the system always works itself out, whether that's good or bad. So right now, our system is working itself out, and it's going to determine what the future of our society is going to look like. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. How does online learning, how is this going to affect our economy? How is this going to affect families? Like, are families going to have to continue to have two working adults in a household so that they can pay buy a bigger house and pay for more stuff? Or is it going to be more worthwhile for them to not do that? You know, if you look back in the, like, the, the early time in America, that's what we had. We had a working, one working adult, which was the man because of the way society was set up at the time, which we've changed. Um, and in general, the woman would be home with the kids, family, house. That was what we, you know, decided. Now, that's, we're way past a, a, a time like that. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that back in those times, you could be like the... A, grocery store worker and afford a house and a car and vacation. Um, and now we're in a society where you can 
you know, you need to, you can barely pay for rent if you're a grocery store worker. So our whole dynamic and our whole society has changed and coronavirus has thrown a big wrench in that. And it will be really interesting to see how we change, how we come out of this. So just a fascinating thing that I'm observing and trying to make sense of and, you know, in the midst of chaos, make sense of it. Uh, so fascinating. All right. Next thing I want to talk about. Um, just kind of the stuff I've been up to over the last 10 days, things that are happening. Um, so first of all, I got to go away last week, which was last minute, random, and great at the same time. So um, my parents own a house in Chincoteague Island, Virginia, which is uh, in Virginia, kind of in between uh, Virginia Beach and Ocean City, Maryland. It's a it's an island that's literally as remote as possible. I mean, the, the closest hospital is one hour away. It's a small fishing community. Um, I've been vacationing there since I was a little kid forever since I was born. My parents were going there before me. Um, anyway, they have a house there. We used to spend our summers there. I, I got to grow up on the island, knowing lots of the locals, loving it there. It's great. It's like a, it's almost more of a home to me than my parents' first house. It's, it's a home to me where I, that I love the area. Anyway, um, so my parents, I was talking to my parents maybe two weeks ago and they said, hey, you know, you guys have been social distancing. We've been social distancing. Our house is empty. No one's there. Why don't we go there? You know, we don't have to go to any stores or anything. So we all decided to take the trip. We went, we went from Wednesday to Sunday. Um, it was a really good trip. So some funny things that happened on the trip, let me tell you about. So first of all, my dad d totally doesn't understand what social distancing means. I, I'm determined. <laughs> so we read about infecting my parents because they're like, you know, upper 60s, 70s. Uh, we were worried about infecting them. Um, so we like on the trip there. So like we didn't stop to use the bathroom. We like brought like urinals in the car, which is kind of disgusting, but we, that's what we did. So like the kids wouldn't have to go into a gas station. I used a glove at the gas station. Those were only stops. That's it. My parents, on the other hand, did go into gas stations, did use the restroom. Okay. So they did that. Then we're like there and I'm just realizing my dad totally doesn't get social distancing. So let me give you an example. So like we would go pick up food at like the, the restaurant. So like we would call the restaurant, um, the restaurant would bring the food outside, set it down, you would pick it up, you know, contactless, as easy as can be. So my dad would pick up the, the food and he'd be holding it. Now I tell him, when you're touching something like that, you could obviously catch any kind of illness, staff, flu, colds, but specifically coronavirus is what we're worried about, right? We weren't worried about this last summer. so. He would hold these boxes and go to open the car door. And I'm like, well, if you touch my car door, then I have to clean my car door because you could potentially pass this germ onto that. So I open the car door for him. He gets in the car and he starts scratching his face. I'm like, are you kidding me? So you, you totally do not get... Uh, what this is. So then he's like, okay, do you have any hand sanitizer? So I'm like, yeah, you know, I do, I do have hand sanitizer. So let me get you, let me give you some hand sanitizer, right? So we give him some hand sanitizer and then he's touching his face again. And he puts a seatbelt on, he's like touching stuff in my car. I'm like, you realize that that hand sanitizer might not have actually killed this virus. And it's just like a temporary solution until you can wash your hands. 
So we get to the house and I'm like, don't get out of the car until you wash your hands. So, okay, so I open the car door. He puts the food like on the kitchen table and just washes his hands, opens up, goes and opens up the box and starts eating. I'm like, no, 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 no. You do not understand how to get rid of this virus. We need to take the food out of these boxes. We need to put the food in an oven, let it heat up. And then we need to dispose of these boxes and we need to clean all surfaces the boxes were touched and then wash our hands kind of thing. He was having none of that. So that's like the f one big thing he did that was totally not social distance. Then, so then, <laughs> so outside of our house, there's like, so outside of my parents' beach house, there's like this, there's a hotel like across the street. It's like a little motel, like an outdoor kind of hotel. People are always hanging out like outside on the porch and they have their, their cars are parked there. It's right outside their house, like right across the street. Um, and actually across the street from that is a nice ice cream place. And it's a great location for a house in, on that island, like really cool location. So um, I come outside one day, like I'm just, I'm inside. Me and my dad were doing like some yard work and stuff. And I was in the garage, like helping them clean and just sort things out and stuff like that. Cause they're talking about selling the house. And I come out, my dad's across the street in at the motel he's talking to this guy they had to be one foot away from each other having a conversation i'm like i took a picture to send to my mom to say what is he doing does he not understand how this works talking to a guy neither of them have masks on not only is he talking to the guy the guy has a goat which why you have a goat at your hotel on vacation beyond me the guy's got a goat my dad gets my kids to come over and talk to the guy and pet the guy's goat. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he just, it's just beyond, it's over his head. It's just beyond him. He doesn't get it. He, he gets wearing a mask in a place. He gets washing his hands and like, he's doing okay, but like he totally just can't get it. Okay. Um, all right, so let's, so next thing. So, oh, so this is kind of like a crappy thing that happened on my vacation is that uh, my, hold on a second, my yard. So the last time we had a hurricane, Hurricane Dorian, which was in the fall semester um, this year, my grass, a bunch of my yard died, like half of my front lawn died. Um, so I priced out like getting sod in my yard thinking that, you know, that's the best solution. It was expensive. It was like $500. And I was like, well, shoot, I can literally go buy grass seed for like $50 at the store to cover my whole entire lawn. Like, why would I spend $500 on sod? Well, I plant the grass seed. The grass seed's growing just fine. You know, it's about two weeks out. And my cat is literally still in my lap. She's like not going anywhere. She like won't leave. So I'm petting her, if you notice. Um, but I had planted my lawn. It's growing in, was growing in just fine. But then we decided this last minute vacation trip. Well, if you've ever planted grass before and stopped watering it after two weeks, and it does decides not to rain, and it's Wilmington, North Carolina in the middle of July, you can guess that I came home to a bunch of dead grass. So I'm so frustrated. Like, it's not all dead, but like, 65% eh, of it is, which really stinks. So now I've got to decide what I want to do. Do I want to spend more money growing grass and do this whole process over again? Um, or do I just want to go ahead and pay for the sod? So I'm like in a dilemma. And then 
not only did that happen, now we have another hurricane potentially coming. Um, I don't know the name, like Isaiah or something like that. Um, I, I think that's what they called this one, but it just formed in the Caribbean. Um, we're watching it in Wilmington uh, a lot right now. Fortunately, most of the models are showing it only stay a tropical storm. They're showing it hit many different places. It's still five days away, which is usual, where they have no idea where it's going to be. Um, the only good news is they're only showing it be a tropical storm. Certain models are showing it actually go up to a, uh, let's see, a category one or two. Um, but the majority of models are showing it fizzle out or go to a tropical storm, which is good. So we're constantly watching that. Um, you know, my favorite models are the, uh, the American model, which is the GFS, and the Euro model. Um, the Euro model, the American model, every six hours, they give you an update. The Euro model, it's every 12 hours. Um, so the Ameri Euro model probably has been updated right now uh, with the 12 o'clock. It usually takes like an hour or two to run through the model. So by like 1, 2 p.m. These are the models that all your weather stations, uh, weather channel, everyone uses. Um, until they get helicopters flying into the storm to give us more information, these models are what we have to go by. So right now that's what we're using. So we're watching the storm intently, hoping that it, my hope is that it goes out to sea and gives us some good waves so that I can go surfing. That's the plan. All right. Uh, some other things I wanted to talk about. So I did, I've been doing some stress tests. So if any of you have, um, so this is a Garmin 945 watch. If any of you have any of the Garmin devices, because I have Apple Watch, Garmin, I test all these things and review them and stuff, which is why I have all of them. And I like tech, so I'm always buying all the tech. Um, but Garmin does a really interesting thing where they measure your heart rate variability, which is how you measure stress. Um, so it's very interesting to measure your stress throughout the day. So I've been measuring my stress during various activities and seeing like how much does this activity, activity X affect your stress? How much does going out and doing yard work affect your stress? How does like a meeting or work affect your stress? How does sleep affect your stress? How does, and I, the video I created was how does playing a video game affect your stress? And it's very interesting. And so I'm really, really fascinated to do large scale studies. Like just imagine a classroom wearing one of these all day long and at night when they sleep. Just imagine if the teacher could determine, wow, 70% of my class had a bad night's sleep last night. That means I probably shouldn't, you know, do something very important today. It should be more of like a review day kind of thing. Or just imagine if a teacher had these and in the middle of class, they could see, wow, whatever I'm doing is very, it's really stressing the students out. Or there was a stressful event and I'm showing that the students are stressed because of the stressful event. Like there's all kinds, so many uses in education for this stuff that I'm just fascinated by. It. And I really think it's the next step in education to personalize instruction that in classrooms, we are gonna determine how a class is doing, especially with coronavirus. We're already at the point now where we're taking, gonna take kids' temperatures this year if they come in. What other biometric data are we gonna start to look at? Um, maybe there's some privacy issues, but if we get beyond those privacy issues, it's gonna be very fascinating to be able to look at someone and say like, you're very stressed today, why is this happening? Um, and be able to 
actually change and modify instruction and this person's needs based on the biometric data we're getting from things like these watches. You know, and I will say like comparing Garmin versus Apple Watch, Garmin is a thousand times better for everything except like text messages and phone calls. Apple's great as being a smartwatch. This is great for biometric data. So I have both of them. I wear both of them depending on what, like this morning I went surfing. When I surf, I actually wear two watches. I wear my Apple Watch to, for the emergency LTE phone service. I wear my Garmin to track my surf. <laughs> like, I can't win. Um, my mom was like joking with me over this vacation. She was like, so you just need two watches? I was like, no, I mean, I'm not wearing two watches at the same time, except when I surf, but normally, no, I won't do that. But it's very fascinating to track your stress data and see at what points in the day are you stressed. And the, the key, the, the reason Garmin gives this to you and other companies like Whoop and Aura Ring are doing things like this are that they're trying to tell you, hey, you're too stressed today. It's time to take an afternoon nap or take an afternoon break and meditate, rest, stretch, do yoga, whatever it is, you know. Um, so it's very fascinating to look at um, this kind of data. So it's something I'm gonna start using more often. I'll talk a little bit more about it. There's some other features in this, some other ways to interpret this data that I'll, I'll talk about in some future videos um, and things. All right, so I did another video. So I finally, I know a few people have asked me this, like what my setup looks like, how many monitors do I have, all that kind of stuff. So I did a video this week where I showed my whole desk. I kind of went through my whole entire office setup, showed all the goofy stuff I have on my desk. I didn't show everything I've got in my office because I, I need to do that at some point because I have some cool stuff that I could go get right now and show you all. But um, just like weird stuff, just random stuff from being a kid and stuff like that. Um, just that I have in my office. Um, I'll show that. I'll do another video showing all that, the rest of my office, because you can only see like half of it right now. Um, but I did that video, uh, which was kind of fun. I like doing that. And I'm, I'm testing a lot of different video stuff out right now for the fall semester to determine like what I'm going to use for my classes and stuff. I've been using the... Uh, SLR a lot more lately um, to shoot my videos versus my webcam. The quality is just significantly better. I cannot get my webcams, even though they say they shoot 1080p and 4K, I cannot get them for the life of me to shoot close to the same quality that my SLR does. So it's not even a comparison. And the the zoom settings, they zoom in and out, and there's like fuzzy portions when I use the webcam. It's just not as good, even though it's high def. When you look at a video made with the SLR versus a video made with the webcam, there is a significant difference. So I've really been using that. It takes more time to use the SLR, um, but it video quality is significantly better. I've noticed the same thing with microphone too. Like the microphone, my Blue Yeti mic, produces significantly better sound than the mic on my SLR, which I have right now. And I've told you I reviewed the Rode mic that I have and it was a piece of junk, so I don't use that anymore. All right, other stuff. So um, I was interviewed today on the local ESPN channel uh, for eSports, which was kind of cool, thanks to my 
uh, esports club, the guys who are setting that kind of stuff up, which is always good for us to get good publicity. The only thing, it was a good interview. The guy was pretty cool to talk to. Um, fun. It was like quick, like 10 minutes, but he asked me good questions and everything I said I thought was great. The only problem is I can't find the interview online. They don't make a podcast of it, which I find just baffling. Just record it and make a podcast of it. But I've looked on their website, Facebook page, Twitter. I searched the internet even for a recording. I cannot get a recording of the interview, uh, which stinks because I just like to have copies of that kind of stuff. And I can share it, um, you know, with people on like LinkedIn and all that stuff. But I cannot get a copy of it. I just I totally don't think that they uh, record it. So whatever. I mean, I would have recorded it had I known that. I just assume like they have a podcast of it, but I guess they don't, which... I just find strange because all you have to do is put record and then just paste it, like post it somewhere. And it allows people to listen to your show. Like you get more viewers that way, but they don't do it. So anyway, then I'm going to be interviewed tomorrow again. Um, I have an interview. Well, I'm being interviewed by a teacher, actually. She is putting together... Um, I guess she's interviewing people about their careers. And this is for high school students. And... The questions are basically a lot about like what I was doing in high school and how, what my high school experience uh, shaped my future and career and stuff like that. So uh, she's going to be interviewing me about that. So I don't, I'm not doing any interviews this week. I actually did two interviews last week. Then I went away for a week and now I'm back and I'm being interviewed twice this week. No interviews for me this week, um, me interviewing someone. Um, but it'll be interesting to be on the other side and for her to interview me. I've been debating whether I should be recording the interview and po popping it up on my YouTube channel or not, but I probably shouldn't do that. I'll let her, if she's the one interviewing me, I'll just, I think she's going to post it on YouTube so that I can actually have access to it. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what she asks. Um, I don't think anything I did in high school has any bearing in my career or career choices or anything whatsoever um, because it wasn't until college that I really became no never mind I was I started to get interested in the internet in high school and web programming and stuff like that I actually had my first web pages in like 1994 1995 when I was like a freshman in high school I had my first web pages so you know I guess I but none of that that had nothing to do with school like I don't think school shaped any of that um so if anything, school was like a bad thing for me. They just, I didn't function well in the structure of a middle or high school. Just never functioned well, except maybe in art class. Um, so anyway, I'm going to talk about that during that interview. So that'll be interesting. And then I do have an interview coming up um, that I'm going to be interviewing someone. It's not on my calendar yet because we don't have a date set, but it should be either next week or the week after. So in the next two weeks, um, I'm going to be interviewing the Dean of the College of Ed at UNCW. I'm very interested in, so basically what I'm interested in, the reason I want to interview him, first of all, I want to interview my Dean because I have access. So anyone I have access to, it's much easier to ask them to be a guest. But I'm really curious, like what, the big questions I have is what does a Dean do? What does that mean to be a Dean? How, what qualifies someone to do this job? Because um, I know there's no, like, degree and be a dean, or do you, like, need an MBA, which I don't think you do. So, you know, most deans are, like, former professors. So, like, what qualifies you to go from professor to, like, management role in a university? And, like, is a dean, like, a bloated college position? Like, we say that colleges have all this 
bloat administration? Like, do we really? Is that the dean or are there other positions that are just like this? Like, are we, you know, is that where our overhead is at universities? But I'm curious to hear what his take is on universities and overhead. Because I know UNCW itself is very fiscally conservative of a university. Um, ever since 2008, you know, and I was here after that, I've just known that our university has been very careful about expenses, spending, um, and I'm very curious to hear what his take is about that compared to other universities and where he sees like this overhead that we, you know, I hear about it in the media that there's this overhead that universities are overspending and any organization, any large organization has waste and always will. You can never cut all of it. It's impossible because a lot of times it's happening and you're not, you can't find it. Um, you can keep cutting things, but you can still never get rid of it. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't work like that. That's not how a large organization functions. It's like, yes, the government or any company that is large and has like a hundred some or more employees, there's going to be waste happening and you, you will never get rid of it totally. So, um, you know, I'm curious to hear his take on that because it's inter always interesting to talk to the people at the top and get their take. Cause it's very easy for someone like me to sit here and say like, Oh, this company wait, or the government, you know, wastes money or the, this company does, or the school does. But like, d we don't really know that a lot of it is we're just making things up. Um, like I could, I'm just making it up that I'm saying that, like, it, it doesn't make it real. Like, let's talk to these actual people because a lot of times we don't understand expenses. Like, you know, and a lot of times people misinterpret what is a what is wasteful or not. Like, let me just give you an example. So someone was t saying that you and I'll just use my university as an example. Um, and I think this story is correct. So it may not be so. But the, here's the gist of the story. The gist of the story was that our graduations were cost cost too much money and we're wasting too much funding too much like student money and state funding and all that stuff on our graduations well it turns out that we were actually using no state money for our graduations they were it was money that was being donated by a specific donor who earmarked that money for graduation so like yes we were we apparently had an expensive graduation one or two or maybe all of them are i don't know but uh it was money that was donated for that reason to do it. So like, you can't just like off the, off the cuff say like, this is wasting money because you got to find out the whole backstory and really dig into it to say like, is this correct? Or is this waste versus not? Um, so it'll be really interesting to talk to a Dean just to find out like, does he like his job? Do you like being a Dean? Like, do you, is this a fun job that other people would like? I mean, I see a Dean and I see them always it doesn't matter who it is it just seems like a very stressful 24 7 job is it really 24 7 are you on call on saturday night when you're a dean um just things like that i think are interesting and i would just want to hear like how it how is it does it become your life is it your life and that kind of stuff i'm just interested to talk to some people and figure out that kind of stuff just things that i don't know about um that i'm curious about and i figure if i'm curious maybe other people are too but it doesn't matter i make all my videos for myself and uh except the ones i force my students to watch uh yeah they have to watch those so no, those ones aren't for me but my interviews are for me just to learn and talk to other people so and i did do some cool interviews last week so if you uh missed out uh, I did an interview with my buddy that's an epidemiologist. He's a disaster epidemiologist who specifically focuses on things like pandemics. Um, go watch it. Really good information about updates and coronavirus and stuff. Um, you know, a lot of stuff to think about whenever I talk to him. It's always good. 
I, you know, I always reflect on our conversations and it's really fun to just talk to him. And a lot of times we don't talk about pandemics and stuff. We're talking about whatever, you know, we're friends. So we're talking about whatever, but it's always interesting to hear from him. And then, uh, a cool, really cool guest I had, I had the guy who founded the Addy model. So if you're an instructional designer or a trainer, that's very interesting to you. If you're not, you could care less completely about that video. Um, but it is really interesting for those of you in a training to go watch that and just hear his story. Like, it's pretty cool just to hear like how I learned a lot from that interview that I didn't know about the history of how it really happened. Um, just kind of funny, like just to hear him say like, this is how it got famous. The reason it got famous is because he developed it for the army and the guy who was in charge of the project got promoted to a three-star general and went around and told the rest of the military they had to use it. And that's what made the model famous. Like that's a pretty cool story right there. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of my updates right now. Uh, things that have been happening, um, not much planned for this weekend other than relaxing. Kids are getting ready for school. We start school this next week. My kids are, so my kids are in year round school, um, which basically means that they have a much different schedule than kids on regular summer. So they're going back early, but going back is online. Uh, my wife has made like one of their bedrooms, like a learning room. The kids all sleep in the same room anyway. They love it. So they all sleep in the same room. So we kind of have like an extra room. Um, so it's like our going to be our learning room right now. And uh, we set up like desks and little like work areas for the kids. She's going to pick up the schools providing Chromebooks for them. Um, so we're going to be getting those. I think tomorrow is meet the teacher. Um, so we we have three kids in school now, all, except all three are going to be home and we don't know when they're going back. My, my prediction for going back is when we have a vaccine. I don't think we're going back before that. I just don't see it happening. Or we get a cure. Um, or the, it just goes away. Like those are our three scenarios right now where kids are going back to school. Um, you know, will it go away? Maybe. I mean, we're starting to wear masks. We've started like what, like three weeks ago. So we're actually starting to see the impacts of that now. Um, so there's a good chance that that could lower infection rate enough that we could like kind of go back to normal, but normal wearing masks. Um, we could find a drug that will cure or treat coronavirus and significantly lower mortality to that below the flu or something like that. And then we would also be able to get back to normal. Um, I know there are some drugs on the horizon. Some of them are like, there's steroid out there that's like super common, super cheap, that's showing a lot of promise. And some other drugs like that that are out there that are showing promise that might be able to do something like that. We just don't know. You know, they got to do the research. Scientists need to test it. And testing a drug for something like that is not a fun process. It takes a long time, takes thousands of people to find out that it's safe and effective and, you know, that it does what, you know, because I could give someone a drug and they could be cured, but like, it's like kind of like when you go to the doctor for a cold and they give you an antibiotic, but like antibiotics don't even treat colds, but you still get better. You know, so we got to make sure like that isn't happening. So there's lots of possibilities there. There, I know they're testing a f number of drugs and vaccine, who knows? We've gotten some promising results so far. So I guess I've just read recently that like Russia is just like administering their vaccine. <laughs> so like, I don't know. Like, well, maybe like, you know, it seems like I think we're in phase two or three trials of several now. Um, so that's all promising stuff, promising data. They're not, you know, 
So if we could get a vaccine by the end of the year, maybe we'll be back in school by the spring. It'd be awesome. I really think everybody needs a good, I think we've, I think we've, most of us have admitted that like this fall is going to be a wash and we're ready for a spring semester. So, you know, especially with like cold and flu season coming up and stuff. One positive thing is I've read that down in Australia that their flu season is like 99% nothing, no flu. <laughs> because everyone's social distancing and stuff, so the flu like didn't spread this year, which could be good, um, could be a positive. So, you know, there's always got to look for positives when everything's negative. So anyway, y'all, um, that's it for today. Hope y'all enjoyed. Um, I'll, I'll probably be back next week as I'm starting to prep my classes and get things together. I'm teaching at least one new prep next semester esports class, which I'm super excited about, but I gotta, it's like time to get in gear and get that all prepped and ready for my students. So, 